Yes, it is top of the hour right here on the morning machine, the machine that makes your mornings move. Good morning and grand rising to all. It is the 20th day of June on a mental health and mindset Monday summer series. And that is presented by Paradigm Shift Marathon of the Mindset, the powerful book by Coach Jarvis Jordan. In, 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 hey, look, you need to get it now and it's on Amazon. Okay, so you definitely need to take a look at the flyer, scan the QR code, or just go to Amazon and look for Paradigm Shift Marathon of the Mindset. Okay, and so that's what we have going on this morning. So this week in our summer series, as we get to now what is known as on the calendar, well, tomorrow it'll be the first day of summer officially. So today we have a special guest once again, and this week we have Nylee Gleaton, an educator, consultant, and coach, devoted most of her career to behavioral health as she has worked in various mental health entities and with a multitude of different populations, some of which include the drug and alcohol population and infants with developmental delays as a result of fetal exposure to substances. Niley has developed a four-series professional development curriculum and trauma-informed practices in care and is currently creating a higher education trauma-informed curriculum for student teachers. Currently, Niley works as a trauma-informed consultant and program director, and she is also completing her doctorate, yes ma'am, in organizational leadership with a specialty in behavioral health. A wife, a mother of two, enjoys traveling, painting, and gardening, but here's most important, she has a quote that she lives by. We may encounter many defeats But we must not be defeated. The late, great Maya Angelou. So I welcome this morning, Nylee Gleaton. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy Monday. Happy Monday and also happy Juneteenth. As well, yes, happy Juneteenth. Yes, uh, we we get the actual day yesterday and the observance of it today, the Monday following. So, uh, just phenomenal. This is uh, the uh, second year of Juneteenth being a uh, federal holiday. We'll get we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, can I talk one second about the journey of the the doctorate? in organizational leadership with the specialty in behavioral health. Can you speak about that journey for a little bit? Yes. Um, this journey has been long. It is hopefully soon um, coming to a close um, with the completion of my dissertation. But it's it's been a journey, a learning experience, a learning curve, um, not just in and of itself the actual journey, but the journey from a standpoint of being a mother and a wife. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been very, very, very gratifying, but very long and arduous, as one might expect. <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, I heard those uh, those graduate studies are very, very, very long, right? Yeah, I get it, I get absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. 
but you know you're you're making the best of it time is of the essence and that time is now the completion oh my goodness congratulations in advance to you Um, i'm saying that now because i'm manifesting that greatness that the doctorate will in fact be earned we know that uh so yes absolutely phenomenal work but also in the same token um you know we we not only do we celebrate you but as we spoke about before we're celebrating juneteenth and father's day as well so it's a multitude of things that have uh happened all in succession uh this weekend so so let's talk about juneteenth right and the trauma that still exists within us as a people as african-american people could we touch on you know what has gone on in the past and where we are now as it pertains to our mental health? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, with Juneteenth, we celebrate the freedom of African-Americans. But we also want to recognize that this is also a time for us to find ways to overcome um, the generational traumas and then particularly the traumas that have affected us through slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting that, You know, yesterday was Juneteenth, but it was also Father's Day. So happy Father's Day um, to all our great fathers, our great men. Um, We see the traumas in our our black men that has also um, affected generations. Um, When we look at, you know, slavery, our men were the main ones that were brought down. They were the main ones that um, were ostracized. And as a result of that, we see that continuing in our generations today, right? Um, Our men has been ones that, you know, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, no matter how much education they have, they are never um, held at a higher regard or held in a higher theme. And they always have to work harder, Mm -hmm. which, you know, during slavery, they had to continue to work harder, right? Um, And for not much recognition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with the generational traumas, we we see particularly that trauma that has carried over from slavery, we see those same things happening even now um, with our men. Um, men. Our men are told to be strong. Our men are told to be resilient. However, their strength is the main thing that um, most other men or other um, races or ethnic groups, that is what they're most um, intimidated by, is the strength of our men. Um, and because of that, uh, there's characteristics of our men that are carried down from generation to generation. Um, abuse, I look at, when we think about generational trauma, I think of abuse. Many of our slave men, forefathers, were abused. And so the only form for some of our men today to emote is through abuse, by abusing others, right? That's a generational trauma that we see that we don't talk about much. Um, Many of our men, our slave men, resorted to alcoholism um, to get away, to evade uh, the feelings that they were carrying. Um, And we, unfortunately are amongst our men are amongst the the majority 
who become alcoholics or who remain alcoholics are black men. Wow. Um, so these are things that are carried down that, you know, we, we see in slavery, but we're celebrating freedom. But when we look at it, have we really become free? Mm, good question. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that um, because we're still even in the midst of protests 2020 we we've protested we've marched civil rights movement a lot of things have changed then but still there continues to be there still continues to be work to do but it's like wait a minute we've put in a lot of sweat equity over countless decades and even beyond that we can say centuries to just create that create change to where you know others see us equally you know like they mm -hmm. see us as people human mm -hmm. beings mm -hmm. right especially for us black, black men it's interesting because we we wake up with targets on our back we we may not even get to wake up Mm -hmm. That's trauma that we have to go to bed with, sleep through, and wake up the next morning with. Even in the midst of Absolutely. Father's Day, we still have these traumas. And our so, our sons and, and even our daughters still, you know, have these traumas because we're just simply African American. We're black. I mean, what does that do to the mental state that we have to keep continuing to get up like this we have to wake up like this with the with the innate thought in the back of our mind it's just sitting there like hmm i'm gonna figure out how to get through today but i'm gonna make it work today right. you right. know and we do have we do have resiliency we are resilient yeah but now it's not just but what i what i think we've been doing all this time is trying to prove to others instead of really trying to prove it to ourselves. Mm. So we're talking something, but we're not putting that in action. And hence the reason that the trauma has been carrying over for so long. It's a learned behavior. So we're, we're seeing what is being done and we're doing that, even though we're saying something different. So we have to be able to talk it talk about it and walk it and we're really not we haven't developed that confidence to be able to do both because we're still looking behind us if we were more confident in, it, in ourselves we wouldn't have to continue to look behind us we're going to keep going and you're going to accept it you know it's interesting you say that you know you said we're not confident to do so there's a lot of people out here who would who would honestly say no, 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 not me. I'm confident. You know, you 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 know how mm -hmm. you know how we get sometimes. Like, who? Not me. I I am da 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 and yakety 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 yak. You know, mm -hmm. saying they're confident in this, and I'm confident in myself. I don't da 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 da. da. Mm -hmm. But then, when you look in the mirror at home, it is something mm -hmm. totally different on their mental. It's like it's almost like. You have a united front outside, but in your home, you have been second-guessing yourself for decades. So mm -hmm. is that what we have been doing 
Is that what's slowing down this process of change? I believe so. Um, Most definitely. I believe that, you know, black men have always been told, or men in general have always told, you know, don't show your emotions. Don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. Um, You got to be strong. You got to be confident in yourself, right? And so we put on that facade. We put on that camouflage. Um, but it's just as much as it is important for our females to express their emotions, it's just as important for men to express their emotions, for men to be able to talk and articulate how they're feeling. Um, Otherwise, you bottle it up, and then you have displaced anger, and you don't know where to put your anger. So a lot of times, it results in it being carried over to somewhere else that might not be in a in a good space that might not get it, be in a good place. Um, so yes, it, it definitely is a is a point where I think sometimes they look in the mirror and they realize, mm, am am I really that confident? You know, and there some of the the biggest men that I know are the ones that easily show their emotions. Um, and are able to articulate how they're feeling. On the outside, they look, you know, big. They look strong. Um, and but on the inside, they're they're saying, "No, I'm I'm hurting, um, and I need help." And those are the ones that I believe become more resilient. Those are the ones that I believe become more successful in overcoming the traumas that they've encountered. It's the ones who um, who look the part and they act the part. And really inside, they're crumbling. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you, I'm glad you brought that up because I had that in my mind for the last 10 minutes here. The, the fact of there's most of us that grow up in knowing that as a man, we're supposed to be hard. We're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to be tough guys, you know, and, and the only way to be strong is to not show your, is to not show them your emotions. Like if, if you get injured, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to have tears. Mm-hmm. If there's an emotional moment, you're not supposed to shed tears. Here's another, here's another thing I noticed, right? So recently here in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we say rest in peace to uh, the rapper, uh, Atlanta-based rapper Trouble, who um, unfortunately uh, passed away due to gun violence. And, you know, gun violence is running rampant everywhere. That's another conversation right there. But mm-hmm. still, he passed away due to gun violence, but he was also a force in the community. But I've seen a lot of men that were at the funeral and it's it's sad to say that what the quote I'm about to say is that what we shouldn't be saying is this that's why we this is how you know too many men have been brought up with the term man tighten tighten up or harden up man no don't don't cry wipe them tears mm-hmm. harden up toughen up toughen up you shouldn't be crying. You a man. You know, that that sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. 
and we see cats at, def- at 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 funerals not even not even showing their emotion they're just they're stone faced the emotion is running through their head mentally but they have not processed it enough to let it out at a at a home going service or what have you they're they're just too tough to shed any tears for anybody or anything what mm-hmm. what does that say to the mental well in in that regard your mental state has now been shattered right because the biological makeup of us causes us to have emotions right causes us to be able to emote at some point in time and so when you can't do that um yeah now you have an unstable mental um Mm. mental mindset and you know working with children i realized it you know traumas most traumas happen in the early ages of life so now the children become traumatized and desensitized so I've watched children who've seen death, who've seen killing of their loved ones, and come right back the next day as happy-go-lucky. But somewhere there's an imbalance in the mental state because now you can't even show the appropriate emotion for when you've seen such a traumatic event. Um, and so why is it like that? Perhaps because they've seen so much of it or perhaps because they've seen others not show emotion in this regard. So when we talk about um, generational trauma, much of it is the learned behavior cycle. Oh, I see my mom and my dad, they, they didn't cry when such and such got killed. Oh, I've seen my auntie and my uncle, they didn't show emotion when such and such was killed. So now they're traumatized, but they're desensitized. And that is a mixture for a combustible entity or situation that is boiling over to waiting to happen. And then the end result may be they engage in violence themselves mm-hmm. or they resort to other things like drugs and alcohol to appease their feelings rather than letting their feelings show and and letting it out in, in a more appropriate way. You know, it's very interesting that you said that because it's a lot of things that are happening now where a lot of people's mental and it could have been the it, it could have been the 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 pandemic i i mean there's a a whole plethora of things it could have been uh in these in in this decade so far we're only 2 years into the 2020s decade right right and it's in the 2020s this decade started off with a pandemic and most places you're still dealing with that but not in on the same level that we all dealt with it in 2020 
and a portion mm-hmm. of 2021 for most states, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're looking at a lot of unstable minds coming out here and, you know, getting access to a lot of different things to where now whatever trauma they dealt with in the past is now coming out. But unfortunately, tragically, you're seeing that combustible nature now. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. lot of it in 2022. A lot of people have practically, you know, just they they have no outlet to let it out themselves. None. Or at least they feel okay. that they have no outlet because I'm sure maybe friends and family have tried and it's failed because of that. The desensitized nature. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you agree? I definitely would agree. Um, I think the pandemic exacerbated a lot of the things, but it also exposed, right, a lot of what was going on already. A lot of what we knew um, was exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, And so even in the schools, um, we found that there was, just a lot of anger amongst children. Um, Big up to all of our teachers, much accolades go to all of our educators um, because this year, um, if not the worst, was maybe one of the worst encounters for many teachers. There's a lot of burnout. Again, Yes, it is. um, Because there was a lot of anger in children. And part of that anger was because Many of the children that were already being traumatized, like abused, um, encountered um, poverty um, at, at very, very, very high, high rates. Um, the, the pandemic, if they didn't know it before, it actualized and it made them realize it even more that they were being traumatized, right? right. So if, if I'm being abused every day, I had a sanctuary to go to when I went to school, right? If I did not eat, you know, if I missed certain meals, I could, it would be replaced when I went to school. The pandemic caused the the children to see their reality every day. There wasn't a sanctuary. There wasn't the school to go to, the after school to go to. So there was a lot of anger built up. And then you have parents with anger because they had a reprieve from children when they went to school. And now they don't have that reprieve. So now you have a, a lot of angry people, a lot of angry little children. And a lot of people would say, oh, well, they were just misbehaving all the time, right? Well, you didn't realize where that misbehavior came from. Now that they're coming back into the schools, you understand a little bit better now that children are starting to open up again to say, this is what's happening at home. This is what's going on at home. Versus the adults, who are you going to go to? Who are you going to share your story of how you're feeling, of what traumas you've encountered and how they're affecting your life? You don't. So you resort in a way that is seemingly, in your mind, the best, the best answer or the best way to resolve the problem. 
and unfortunately that's been through violence. Um, and we, we've seen, you know, the, the amount of fights or um, aggressive behaviors, we've seen that escalate in the schools as a result yes. of this. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's, that's, it's very troubling what we're, what we're seeing. And, you know, that it's, you know, that's that combustible nature um, that, you know, we're, we've been speaking of and, you know, that we're honestly seeing daily. You know, some of the mm-hmm. some of the stuff is not nationally reported. It's locally reported. Mm-hmm. This is in your own neighborhood. So uh, you, you see a lot of that combustion happening. So, Absolutely. yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's very much a concern. So now. Before we close out at, at 25, 25 past the hour here. Uh, so as we as we close this side of it out, right, what would be the greatest advice that could be given to to people that know they know somebody that's in that mind, that's basically in that mental state and about ready to combust? What do you okay. say to them? to you know be there for them and try to help them what what is the best course of action what is the best advice we can give right so when dealing with trauma my and and interacting with children and be having to become relatable to them you have to be able to be vulnerable make yourself vulnerable hey i've experienced this a lot of times we don't like to talk about our own traumas but in talking about our own traumas, it not only helps someone else, but it helps us too. Um, because that's the first step to acknowledging that we even have a problem in order to be able to fix the problem. So you talk about it, and then you walk it. You walk it out. Um, and that's when you walk into your resiliency. That's when you start the healing process, not just for them, but for you. So when you can be able to share and discuss with someone your traumas, you become relatable to them. And when you become relatable to them, you're now um, opening that door for them to walk through and be able to, to um, get to the root of their own, their own problems um, and situations. So I would say talk about it and then walk it out. Right? Walk with the journey and become resilient. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, wow, what a powerful way to close that out what a powerful uh segment this half hour this morning and uh also um do me one quick favor before you before you go here and uh, once again thank you so much for a powerful uh mental health monday this morning in the summer series uh talk about uh sellout consulting yeah so sellout consulting um is my llc that I started to um, help organizations. I've done um, professional developments with teachers on trauma-informed care and how to implement practice, trauma-informed practices. So I work with organizations um, who um, are trying to become more trauma-informed and implement trauma-informed practices. Absolutely, absolutely. And where can they find you, follow you, and connect? So you can email me at Nile Gleason, my first name, my last name, at gmail.com. Um, I'm also on the Gram, Sellout Consulting, as well as Facebook under Nile Gleason. 
All right. And and I want to make a correction from earlier. Uh, uh, this has been Mental Health Monday in the summer series presented by Paradigm Shift, Marathon of the Mindset, the phenomenal book by Coach Jarvis Jordan. Uh, make sure you scan the QR code on the flyer if you're looking at us on social media, or you could go to Amazon and search for Paradigm Shift Marathon of the Mindset. No matter how you do it, go ahead and get this book. Educator, coach, and mentor, Nile Gleaton, MS. I got to make sure I say that, and I apologize I didn't say that at the beginning. But in the meantime, thank you so much for your your wisdom on this Mental Health Monday. And uh, we'll hear from you really, really soon. We'll hear from you again. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. And it is 29, 29 minutes past the hour. Uh, so you've heard from the mental health side, and now it is time for the mindset side. So after the break, we continue in this Mental Health and Mindset Monday summer series presented by Paradigm Shift marathon of the mindset once again the powerful book by coach jarvis jordan and we have coach the coach the one and only coach joe dempsey coming up it's the bottom of the hour 